This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, the queen of Southern cuisine, Paula Dean, comedy and inspiration from Gordon Douglas, American Idol winner, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. And I'm your guest announcer, Megan Alexander. Now, here's Mike Huckabee. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad to have you. We have a very special guest announcer replacing Keith Bilbrey tonight. And I'm talking about Megan Alexander. You know her from Inside Edition and all kinds of network television. Megan, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Thank you, Governor. Good to be here. And I love this. I'm liking this on you. Very Thank nice. You. Do you like it, everybody? Yeah. I've been telling everybody that if there is a federal mandate for a mask, I'm going to tell them I've just grown mine on my face already. I think it would work. Well, on my very first full day in office as governor of Arkansas, I placed a large frame photo in the outer office where all the guests would first come. Uh, there was a bronze plate at the bottom of that frame, and it simply read, Our Boss. Lest you think that my picture occupied that frame, let me quickly tell you that in the over 10 and a half years that I occupied that office, not once did my likeness ever fill that frame. Every couple of weeks, we would place the photo of a couple celebrating a 50th wedding anniversary, or a newly named Eagle Scout, or maybe a local school teacher, police officer, or even a custodian for an office building. In our weekly staff meeting, I would often remind our entire team to be sure and pay attention to the person in that frame. I told them repeatedly, never forget who your boss is. I went on to tell them that their boss wasn't the guy with the nice office on the second floor that overlooked the Arkansas River out of the north window and Capitol Avenue from the east window. Nope. I worked for the same boss they did. Every single citizen of the state of Arkansas. We worked for them, not the other way around. And since they were our bosses, if a citizen came to visit or they called on the phone or they emailed us, we were never to think of them as being a pest, a bother, or an inconvenience. They were, in fact, our boss. No matter if someone came to the Capitol with less than fashionable garments or even if they had the smell of several days' hard work still on them, each and every person would be treated with respect and dignity. Our job was not to get rid of them, but to see how we could assist them. I said to our staff, if someone finally 
got up the courage to call, email, or actually visit the governor's office at the state capitol, their situation must be pretty desperate. And while they might be, in fact, bringing something to us that was maybe nowhere near the scope of our office, it was our job to connect them with who could best help them. And never forget, no matter who they were, we worked for them. Now, public service is just that. It's serving the public. Upon election, one doesn't get smarter, superior, or more stylish. We should never think that we became so important so as to deserve having people serve us. We were placed in a place to make the people's priorities, to make them big, and to make our own interest small. So when I read the story of Richard Robinson, a member of the York County, Pennsylvania School Board, read it this week, who actually wrote an opinion column in the local paper called the York Dispatch, I was frankly appalled at his attitude because in his op-ed, Robinson wrote, I quote, with all due respect to the men and women who snarl, I'm a taxpayer and you work for me. No, I don't work for you, end quote. Actually, sir, I disagree. You do work for these people who pay taxes and pay your salary. You asked for the job. They didn't give you power. They loaned you power, but it still belongs to them, the people. By the way, you weren't elected because you're smarter than them or better than them. You're elected because you asked them for the job and you promised to serve them. So see whether one is elected to school board, city council, Congress, the governorship, or the White House. Being elected does not make one a boss. It makes one a servant. Now, not a weakling or a waffling coward, no. But, but one who sacrifices self to put others first. I'm convinced that that's what is mainly wrong in government and politics today. It's not just about Democrats and Republicans. It's also whether you see the job as serving others or being served by others. And I'd say this, never make the mistake of voting for someone who would put a frame in their office, label it our boss, and put their own likeness in the frame. <laughs> Here's a little tip. If someone asks for your vote, ask them, who will their boss be? And if they don't know, don't you dare waste a vote on them. <laughs> Lauren Bobert is a mother, business owner, and a member of Congress representing the great third district of Colorado. It is her first term in the Congress, and she says the American people deserve an honest government, not a bunch of corrupt gaslighters. She also says the job of the government is to keep us free. And that's something that most of these Congress critters seem to forget. I want you to welcome to the show for the very first time a very brave woman. We love her. Her name is Congressman Lauren Boebert. We're so glad to have you here. 
Thank you so much, Mr. Governor. This is uh, exciting to be in the most MAGA part of Tennessee, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I have felt for you because it's like there's a target on your back. Uh, there's just a lot of people in Washington that don't seem to like you very much. And uh, do you ever feel like that? Well, Governor, I am radically me. And authenticity <laughs> is something that is completely foreign in Washington, D.C. So I understand the attacks because they don't always get people to Washington, D.C. who do what they said they were going to do. And I don't, um, I don't let these attacks bother me. I sleep well at night because I know they aren't after me personally. They are after everything that we love about our country. They are after our Constitution. They are after the people in your audience. And I am there to get in their way. You, you ran for Congress with, uh, really with, with a, a sense of, gosh, you've got four kids. You've got a lot of things going on in Colorado. What made you say, I'm running for Congress. I'm going to take some of these guys out and uh, I'm going to fill their place. Well, it's interesting that you kind of slammed your fist when you said that because <laughs> frustration is what led me here. Huh. I was very frustrated at all of these people who would say something to get elected, and then as soon as we sent them to where they asked us to, to serve, they would turn and they would lose their principles and they would overtax and overspend and overregulate and destroy everything that we are working so hard to build at home. And so I, I believe that as a Christian, that frustration that we feel on the inside of us sometimes is really just God's motivation to send us to where we need to be a part of the solution. And it led me here. I have been very impressed that you are not afraid to speak openly about your faith and how it defines you. Right. Uh, it is clear that um, you're, you're not timid and you're not afraid to let people know that you are a Christian believer and that that's what gives you your core values and yes. your core strength. Uh, do you find that people sometimes are wanting you to say, just tone it down a little bit, Congresswoman, just tone it down? Do you hear that? Uh, you know, I, I think that people would love if I would tone it down. But, you know, we, we had um, our, our Lord Jesus that certainly didn't tone it down for anyone. We had the apostles who carried this message of the gospel. And even the leaders in their days, they said, you know, it's fine. You can, you can pray, but just don't do it in the name of Jesus. And uh, so now here we are in another cycle of cancel culture. But this is nothing new. Cancel culture has been around since the beginning of time. Cain canceled Abel. We have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that were thrown into the, furnace, uh, the fiery furnace. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to cancel them, but there stood another in the midst of them, and he was as if the son of God. A and then they tried to cancel Jesus, but you can't cancel God. And, and so we, we right now are, are charged to be bold in this time. And God has given us a, a, a spirit of, of power and mind, uh, might and a well-disciplined mind, not a spirit of timidity. So I say, get after it and be bold. And I think a lot of us are very glad that you're willing to speak your mind and your heart. You and your husband both were involved in the energy industry in mm -hmm. Colorado. So when you saw on the very first day, Joe Biden saying, we're gonna kill the Keystone XL pipeline, yes. What did you think that would do to energy in this country and how it would affect just everyday Americans? 
Governor, I, I knew it would do exactly what we're seeing right now. We are in an energy crisis. We are all paying for it at the pump. We are paying for it through inflation. We see our good paying American jobs uh, canceled while Joe Biden is approving the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and begging OPEC to drill more oil rather than relying on the American roughneck. Uh, energy is so crucial to the security of our nation. And uh, I, I had a firsthand experience with energy production in Colorado, where we drill some of the world's cleanest natural gas. And it's just been so incredible to be a part of that industry and to see how reliable and efficient and clean it is. And it's really disingenuous when we have so many extremists who would rather push this green energy and really, it's very unreliable. And then they won't even explore an option for nuclear. Uh, so it, it's very frustrating to me when we outsource our energy development to our enemies, when we are shutting down coal-fired energy plants in my district, in Colorado's third district, and uh, we have 40,000 children mining for cobalt in the Congo with their bare hands. Mm. China owns those mines in, in, in the Congo. And then we turn around and buy solar panels from them while they're building some 200 coal-fired energy plants. So these not-in-my-backyard extremists are, are using exploiting children with child and slave labor, and they're really hindering the security of our nation. We shouldn't just be energy independent. America needs to be energy dominant. Makes a lot of sense. That's why you're not popular in Washington. You're making a lot of sense. We've got a lot more to talk about with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert right after the break. Stay with us. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado. Thanks for staying with us. But we didn't really give you a choice. We told you you had to stay. You have also been a very strong advocate for the sanctity of human life yes. with an A-plus rating from the Susan B. Anthony Fund. You have four children. Is that why this issue is important to you? That's one of many reasons why this is such an important issue for me. Uh, of course, my faith, but I, I'm a mother. I have, I have experienced life growing on the inside of me, and I have seen how precious and individual each child is. Uh, my husband and I, we also suffered a miscarriage, and that was, was just as real as, as the life that my, my four sons that I have today uh, have. And, uh, you know, it's just so vital for us to take a stand for those who can't defend themselves to speak up for the voiceless. Uh, in so many areas of my life, I believe that if we don't speak up, we lose by default. 
Well, what about those who can't? Let's be their sounding piece for them. And, uh, and so it's, it, it breaks my heart what we've seen in our nation. Colorado is one of seven states that allows full-term abortion. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I would just love to see um, just these, these young mothers um, be educated on what's going on. And, and you know, I don't, I don't cast any criticism to moms who have uh, made a decision and, and have had that choice. I, I know that there's redemption. I know that there's healing. And there's a place for them to go to receive love. And, uh, you know, and so that's, that's what I want to, to play a role in when it comes to this. You've also been an outspoken advocate for uh, adhering to the Second Amendment, where people have a right to yes. protect themselves and defend themselves. Uh, a lot of controversy about your uh, adherence to the Second Amendment. You know, I, I see you. You're a not very tall person. Right. You're, you're not like a linebacker. I wore, I wore heels so I could look like a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I mean, I've heard a lot of women say that being able to defend oneself with a firearm is an equalizer yes. if you're facing somebody who's six five, three hundred pounds, and they're coming out you know, to to do you harm. That's exactly right, and and really it goes right along with my stance for life. We we have the right to protect ourselves uh, and, and to defend our lives and those around us. And uh, I, I am uh, not very large in stature and I want to be able to have this equalizer to protect myself against a larger potential aggressor. Especially now when we have a complete invasion at our southern border with two million people coming from all over the world um, into our country illegally and we have crime spiking in so many areas. You have uh, the Democrat party that's been pushing to defund our police officers. They've been demonizing them and, and law enforcement agencies are, are down all, all throughout the nation because people don't want to work under these conditions. So I, I'm going to have a, a way, an equalizer, uh, in, in case I need to defend myself. Well, I'm not going to mess with you. I can tell you that now because I've seen that you are unabashed in your uh, belief that that's your constitutional right. Yes to be able to protect yourself. And I think many of us agree that uh, the Second Amendment does guarantee every citizen every right. the right uh, to do that. Yes. Um, you've been outspoken in your concerns for how big tech has manipulated the atmosphere of our country and the information that we get. And I hear people in Congress say, we're gonna do something about it. I'm not sure, I gotta be honest, I hear the talk, but is something gonna be done, and if so, what can be done? I think the very first thing that we need to do when it comes to big tech is have investigations. Uh, that's what we can do in the majority uh, in 2023. I don't know if we'll have the Senate. Uh, there's a, a, a resident uh, in the White House, I, I mean president, and you know his, <laughs> his White House press briefing studio isn't quite as fancy as yours. Um, but <laughs> but I, I'm not sure what, um, what authority we're going to have to actually pass legislation all the way through. So one of my priorities is a, a very realistic goal is to have investigations into these big t tech companies uh, that are censoring sitting presidents, sitting members of Congress. One of my colleagues has been removed from Twitter and, and then so many millions Didn't of Americans. Didn't they try to throw you off Twitter? Oh, they've suspended me and they sure want me gone, but <laughs> I, I get around their rules just right. <laughs> but it is kind of frightening that uh, former president was uh, banned from Twitter and Facebook. 
other elected officials, and yet the Ayatollah of Iran is still allowed yes. to have a Twitter account. And yes. I'm thinking, something doesn't connect there, right? Right. No, it's because uh, President Trump was speaking truth. And it's, it's interesting, we didn't have fact checkers and all of these uh, big tech censorship until this truth started getting out. And now, big tech is even saying that their fact checkers are third party opinion based fact checkers. So it's not even real facts. And so uh, God bless President Trump for everything that he's been through. We, we stand behind him 100%. You are running again this year. Yes. Do you see other political opportunities out there, U.S. Senate or something else at some point? I am happy to serve exactly where I am right now. I never even saw myself getting to this point. Um, I, I certainly never saw myself in politics or in government at all. I have a restaurant in Rifle, Colorado, where all of Rifle, my Colorado. Rifle, Colorado. The name of the town is Rifle. That's right. The only city in America <laughs> named after a gun. <laughs> and the restaurant is called Shooter's Grill. <laughs> and all of my waitresses open carry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet nobody complains about the food or That's the prices right. at Shooter's Grill, That's do right. they? That's right. But I do want to leave everyone with um, just hope and enthusiasm. I would not leave my four boys and my husband every day to do what I'm doing if I didn't believe that we can turn this around. So I want everyone to put their hand to something and be a part of the solution. And, and all of us collectively do our part to serve our country so we can preserve our liberties and freedoms for generations to come. Lauren Boebert, thank you very much. Thanks for your convictions thank you. and the clarity of those convictions. If you want to keep up with Congresswoman Boebert, be sure to follow her on social media while she's still there. Go to Huckabee.tv. We have links to all of her social media accounts. Our wonderful guest announcer, Megan Alexander, is going to tell you all about what we've got coming up in the show. Governor up next, laugh along with comedian Gordon Douglas. Later, television star and chef Paula Dean cooks with Mike on Huckabee. Welcome back. Now, you know tonight's comedian from many TV and radio shows. He's also the chaplain of the Christian Comedy Association. Did you even know there was such a thing? Well, there is. And he provides the comedy DVD called Operation Belly Laughs. He does that for our troops and also for his Hilarity for Charity show, which has made him one of the top fundraisers in all the country. I want you to give a big, wonderful welcome to the very funny Gordon Douglas. Thank you, Governor. Thank you. Who's ready to make America laugh again? All right. I love my job. I love this country. I love to go and tell people what God's done in my life. And when I get to do all that, that is heaven on earth. Hey, Valentine's is coming. Who's in love out there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're married, you better have your hand up, right? <laughs> married 30 plus years. My wife says living with me is like being on a vacation. You know, her actual words was I was her last resort. Because, 
We got married, we were told we would not be able to have kids. Physically impossible. And I love kids. I was an angry, hurting kid, and God's given me a love for hurting kids. So we took one off the streets of Philadelphia. Led to two, then three, then six, then nine. <laughs> During that time, my father-in-law moved in. He had a stroke, Charlie. Brought his son, Chucky, who has Down syndrome, to live with us. If you want to know God's unconditional agape love, you need to know somebody with Downs. Oh, what a blessing. And then, praise God, and then the local prison called my church and said, do you know anybody that would watch prisoners? So we took in two prisoners under a house arrest program. <laughs> so we had three boys with abuse issues, a father-in-law, a brother-in-law, two prisoners, and then God showed he had a sense of humor and blessed us with five miracle babies. <laughs> yeah, four before they told me what was causing it. <laughs> We have fun at our house, though we do. Anytime we have company, we line up all our kids in the living room and we play a game. It's called, guess which ones are the convicts? <laughs> and you know what's interesting? You cover up the ankle bracelet, people can't tell. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love my parents. Man, if we wanna see America great again, we gotta learn from our parents and grandparents, don't we? The world's greatest generation grew up through the Depression, won a world war, their work ethic, the sacrifice, the values. We need to learn those again. I love my parents, but they were cheap. <laughs> that Depression did something to somebody. Oh, my goodness. My dad told us when the ice cream truck's ringing the bell, <laughs> it means they're out of ice cream. <laughs> I mean, anybody but me have to eat cereal with a fork just to save the milk? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Well, that generation didn't waste anything, did they? One day, my dad spilled the iodine. He said, Gordon, quick, go cut yourself. I mean, come on. <laughs> World's greatest generation. I love that. I love that. I get to do a lot of shows over the last 30 years. People ask, you have a favorite? No question about it. Three words, women of faith. Oh, 20,000 women and me. I felt like a piece of chocolate cake at a Weight Watchers convention. <laughs> Well, I knew men events too. I was at a wild game dinner out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Walked into this big center. There were stuffed animals all over the stage. Foxes, pheasants, deer heads, all this stuff. There was even a lion, a tiger, and a bear. Oh, good, you're with me, you're with me. I love that, I love that. I said to the guy, did you shoot all these? He said, no, my son is studying to be a veterinarian. To work his way through school, he works as a taxidermist. Well, I'm from South Philly, he collects taxes? No! He stuffed animals. The comedian, he kicks in. I said, he should put both on a sign. Dr. Jones, veterinary medicine or taxidermy. <laughs> then at the bottom, either way, you get your cat back. <laughs> oh, there's three cat people out there. I know, Governor, I know you're a dog guy. I saw your pictures of your puppies back there. We've got two little puppies, little guy. Bandit and Gumbo, right? My daughters talked me into getting kittens. Rescued them off the internet. Oh, daddy, please, we go pick up these three little fur balls in a basket. They don't even have names. Teacher said, oh, you just take them home. They all have their own personality. <laughs> she said, you just take them home. You'll know what to call them by the end of the week. <laughs> don't get ahead of me, sir. So we named one Thunder because he was the loudest. We named one Lightning because he was the fastest. And we named one after Trey because he was the pianist. <laughs> uh, now you like for choice. Here for this band over here. Good stuff. Good stuff. People ask, what's the toughest show I ever did? I don't know if it's as tough as what you had a couple of weeks ago in the snow. No audience. 
No audience, but he had the perfect guest, Rich Little, a man of a thousand voices. That was awesome. My toughest audience, 600 Amish dairy farmers. <laughs> now, people don't think the Amish have a sense of humor. They do. God's given every one of us the need to laugh, the ability to laugh. There's even a verse in the Bible that says there's a time to laugh. And uh, you know, They do have a sense of humor. They introduced me as the father of 19 kids. One of the farmers yelled, rookie. <laughs> that is a true story. They laugh. We had fun. They invited me back next year, but I didn't sell one DVD that night. <laughs> next year, bring a generator. I got to go on a singles cruise. Everyone say, ooh. Man, it's not what I expected. I grew up with love, boat. Remember that? Everybody young, 20s and 30s? No, this was 65 and over. <laughs> Let's just say they were wrinkled before they got in a hot tub. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went down to the beach. This girl came walking up, went into sick next to me. Have you seen the bathing suits girls are wearing? See more material in an eye patch. It's got a ring around her belly button. I looked, it's a tattoo of a snowflake. I thought, 10 years and three kids, <laughs> that's going to be a spider web. <laughs> you got to think before you ink, kids. Think before you ink. Oh, man, I want to see America great again. And to do that, we got to learn. We got to learn. What a great interview. We got to learn from our parents. Learn. Use your mind and laugh because I've read the last book of the Bible. I know who wins. <laughs> hey, and, and, and don't forget this. Love everybody, right? Even those who disagree because Jesus loves you. This I know, <laughs> for the Bible tells me so. Thanks for letting me share these few minutes. God bless you. God bless America. Gordon Douglas. Gordon, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Hey, if you want Gordon Douglas's hilarious DVDs and his book, it's called Growth Spurts and Growing Pains. You can check out all things about Gordon Douglas at Huckabee.tv. We have links right there. Right now, our guest announcer, Megan Alexander, is going to tell you what you can look forward to after the break, and there's a lot of it. Yeah, later, country music star Lane Hardy. But first, the queen of Southern cuisine, Paula Deen's broccoli casserole with melted cream cheese. Stick around. everybody and how about a big old hand of appreciation for Trey Corley and the Music City Connection to make our show filled with energy. Without him, it just wouldn't be the same. Hey, speaking of energy, I know that you all know and love my next guest. She's a TV host, an entrepreneur, a restaurateur. In fact, she's got a great restaurant right here in Nashville. It's kind of obvious. It's called Paula Dean's Family Kitchen. She's also the author of 18 best-selling cookbooks. Here to show us how to make something tasty but healthy, give a warm welcome to one of the most wonderful people I know, the queen of Southern cuisine, Paula Dean.
it's so great to they be here. They love I you. I that song. I felt like I should be starting to, <laughs> <laughs> Paula, to do Paula, you, you can do anything you want to, but oh, I want to so eat sweet. that chicken over you. there, darling. I, I want you to eat it. I've been I looking at that. It. Well, I'm I brought... I brought you an apron, oh. Governor. I didn't know you were going to be wearing it. Well, you know one. what? I'm going to take Put this one off. Put some salve in your mouth. I like that one better. <laughs> and uh, we've got an apron that says Southern cooking makes you good looking. <laughs> It'll take more than an apron, darling, to make oh, you me look good. You don't, ha you don't have to wear this oh, one. Oh, I do now. Well, I took okay. the other one off, so of course I, I do. I like it. It, it matches your suit. Oh, there you go. That's what I need. A matching apron for my suit. <laughs> she's not only a master cook, but she's a fashion queen. Oh, as yes, well. yes. So, what are we gonna make tonight? We are gonna make, because I looked around and I could not find a deep fryer, <laughs> I couldn't find a stove anywhere. So, we're gonna make something so, so simple. Okay. And this is one of those dishes that we serve at Paula Dean's Family Kitchen. And I don't know if y'all have ever been. Well, they Thank will now. <laughs> our, uh, our restaurant is across from Opryland Hotel. Yeah. Okay. If you're standing on our front porch of the restaurant, we're looking directly into the water park, the new water park there. Perfect. Great location. So Everybody's got to go been? there. I've been doing great. You I, just I love this lady. Better looking. We have. Uh, yeah, this is why I love her. <laughs> this is a lot of other reasons, but we've been friends, and I just enjoy time. being around her. She's so much fun, and I'm telling you, the recipes are the real deal. It's the real. But with deal. Paula, it's B Y O B. Bring your own butter. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. All right. Now this is our. Broccoli casserole that we serve at Family Kitchen. Okay. We've got lots of broccoli casseroles, but uh, this maybe want to be the most popular one. All right. And it's super, super easy. Now you can use fresh broccoli or frozen. Mm -hmm. I love so broccoli. So there you go. What do you want me to do? Eat this? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like broccoli. I want you to make it. Oh. All right. <laughs> Uh, I'm just eating the broccoli. This one's That's hot. hot. I, I, yes, and I want you to have some of that. We've got banana pudding, mm. and we've got our oven-roasted chicken. But all we're going to do mm -hmm. is this is just a mix, mix, mix. Now, the only thing that I do different at home, Governor, is I saute my onions and butter separately because, I don't know, it just seems like it just kicks it up. All right, so there's I your agree. onions. Okay. Where's your spoon? Oh, here's your spoon. Oh, that's a big old spoon. All right. It's a big Stir old this spoon. in. Yes. Just, okay. I'm telling you, it's a dump dump. That's easy. I love a dump dump. <laughs> that's going to be something we'll talk about backstage. I promise you. Okay, we dump dump. Here we go. It's okay. It's just, it's just Trey. We don't pay oh, any attention to him. Awful. No, I love it. Keep now going. we have this one of my favorites. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> I said, I keep going. It's awesome. Keep, yes, more. Oh. Cheese. <laughs> Gotta have cheese and everything. Yes, I love my cheese. Thank you, Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, they also have good butter up there, too. Yes, they do. All right, we're putting in a can of. 
cream of mushroom soup. Oh, okay. Like every mother through this country. Yeah. Does anybody Jesus. ever eat cream of mushroom soup as no, a soup? No. I've never known a single person if, who's ever had a no. bowl of cream of mushroom soup. They put it in recipes. If I'm going to eat it as a soup, I make it from scratch. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, of course if you I'm, yeah, But you're if Paula I'm Dean. You can do that. <laughs> and what's well, this? Well, it's easy. Mayo? And this my second favorite condiment. What is that? That looks like a little scallion or something, doesn't it? I don't know, but <laughs> we ain't going to use that Either one. Either that or it's a pimple from some kid. <laughs> That's that what just... it's going to look like. <laughs> Goodness alive. I'm glad you took that out of there. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, this is our house seasoning. Okay. We put this in every dish. I know that's I got salt and pepper. What else? Garlic? Uh, it's Powder? Like onion. Well, this is a house yep. seasoning, and okay. it's got like garlic, onion, powder, garlic powder, black pepper, and uh, All the good it's stuff. just good. It's just you can get that at your store yes, or yes. At also somewhere online. out there. Okay. Yes. All right. Somewhere. Go to PaulaDean.com too, or talk there we Paula go. Dean store or somewhere. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, what is this? I don't know. Oh, that's the hot. It's your sauce. recipe, darling. <laughs> I'm just trying to. Oh, the hot sauce. Yes, I can't have C anymore, Governor. <laughs> Stick your finger in that. I love hot sauce. Tell me what you really think. It's hot. <laughs> you think so? That's a three-alarm <laughs> fire. <laughs> and to me, it's not really hot, hot, because I don't like, I don't like to hurt me. Mm, okay. But this is. That's, that's is good hot sauce, though. Seriously, it, it is. Table's it is not good. set until the hot sauce is that, on the that's table. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, I didn't do a whole spoon of it. But that's fine. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> do I mix all this? Yes, please. And by the way, this recipe is going to be available <laughs> at Huckabee.tv. So Ooh. if you want to know how to make what we're making here, you can go to the website. And also, we'll have connections to all of Paula's I got to have something uh, to stores and everything. <laughs> Where's that little pimple you got out of the uh, mayo? I think that'd probably cool it off. I don't know. He's somewhere. <clears throat> he's somewhere down there. Oh, there, there he is. Go. Yeah. Okay. We've stirred this up a little bit. We're going to put it in that big casserole oh, it's got dish. Oh, to run him. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you may dump it in there. Well, it's not stirred up good yet. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, get, get it all wet. Oh, that piece of broccoli was so good, y'all. Mm. Oh, broccoli. It's amazing that something this simple can be this good. All right. Oh, my nose. <laughs> now we're going to dump it in there. All right, now I sprayed our dish. Go okay. Excuse me, I spit broccoli on you now. <laughs> Glad I have that apron. <clears throat> good I thing. I know it. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I should have worn my apron. Oh, it's a good thing we're friends, Paula. I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> All right, now we got all that down in there. That's beautiful. Okay. All right, now cracker crumbs. I crush my crackers, mm -hmm. and then I melt my butter. Okay. And I pour my butter over them. Over the crackers. Uh-huh, and I think they've already done that, but we could oh, always pour a little bit more. You're Paula Dean. You always have room for more butter. And it's real butter. Love it. As it should be, as yes, God intended. As, Put after I was grown... Mm-hmm. You don't think I'm grown yet, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I heard that margarine 
was made to use on mechanical, on equipment. I believe that. And it, would you move your spoon just oh, one second? Sorry about Thank that. you. So that can get a little. <laughs> get some in that corner. Oh, and I. Now, this is the finished you're gonna product. You're going to have to come back. So we get to eat some finished product, don't we? Yes. While you're wiping your nose on my apron. <laughs> That'll teach I'm me I'm glad I could accommodate you on that, Paula. Oh, my gosh. I'm Let so me serve you some. You. Well, we can share. Not right now we're not. Not with you <laughs> blowing your nose all over my doggone apron. I'm not sharing nothing. You might not want to use this one either. I have a, oh, you got a, mm. you want a fork? You got a spoon. <laughs> We're going to give this a try. I'm, that was a, was a This problem. is a big bite. I mean, mm. look, I probably should have cut it up some because that's a big old piece of broccoli. This is delicious. Isn't it delicious? I love it. Um, I'm going to be eating on it the rest of the evening. I'm not going to touch this apron, though. That's one thing I'm not going to do. <laughs> I want you to keep it. Well, it's going in some hot water, darling. I'll tell you that for sure. We want to thank Paula Dean. What a wonderful, wonderful go? guest. You can find links to all of Paula Dean's books, including Paula Dean's Southern Baking, plus free recipes like this broccoli casserole, and the minus the pimple, and her kitchen appliances, accessories, and a whole lot more. If you go to Huckabee.tv, we have a link directly to everything about Paula. We're going to keep eating. Megan Alexander has rustled up another guest segment for us tonight. She's going to tell us about it right now while we eat. Next up, country music star Lane Hardy talks with Mike. You're watching Huckabee. Welcome back. Now, I've gotten rid of the apron, I can tell you that right now. Uh, Megan, I know that you love to speak all over the country. You've been uh, invited to places everywhere, but COVID has kind of shut that down. But I understand you're getting back out there. You've got uh, things now that are opening back up. Yes. Well, it is wonderful to be here with a live audience, Governor. This is so cool. Your show. <laughs> There's nothing like being in person, and you and I have actually spoken at a few things together. We have. And so, yes, fingers crossed that it's coming back, because I love to speak and share my testimony and encourage the next generation. Virtual's nice, but in person is the best. It is so much really better. What, what's your favorite? <laughs> do you have a favorite kind of thing you like to do when you go and speak? You know, I really love speaking at prayer breakfast. Really? Christian right. business folks, prayer breakfast, yeah. all around the country. There's something just so neat about gathering together first thing in the morning, praising the Lord, sharing your testimony, breaking bread with fellow believers, and then everybody going off into their day. That's my favorite venue. Do you have one? I, I enjoy those. Um, but, you know, I like to do events for uh, pro-life groups, crisis pregnancy centers. I do a lot of those. Uh, but, you know, uh, I like a variety. But I'm going to tell you, I hope that people 
who have prayer breakfast, which they're all over the country, will recognize, hey, you're not going to get a better speaker than Megan Alexander, and I hope that you will get in touch with her and invite her to your prayer breakfast, because you've already heard she likes to get up before the crack of dawn and speak at your prayer breakfast. So if you uh, are in need of a speaker, or if you want to read her book, Faith in the Spotlight, which is wonderful about the challenges of being a Christian in entertainment, if you'll go to Huckabee.tv, we have links to her website and social media so you'll know how to get in touch with her. I just want to say to you, Megan, thank you for being here. We, uh, we miss Keith. Hope he's feeling better real soon. But more importantly, hey, as long as you're available, we don't care if he gets what. No, we do care. <laughs> we do care. But we are so thrilled to have you hey, here. And Keith came to my Christmas party this year, Mike. So we're friends. Yeah, so that's absolutely. Keith will be back soon, but anything for you and Trey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, let's give a big hand to our wonderful guest announcer tonight, Megan Alexander. Now, in 2019, Lane Hardy won the hearts of millions of people as they voted him the winner of American Idol season 17. He's known for his throwback sound of classic rock and roll mix with some old country school uh, music that we all grew up in love. His debut album, Here's to Anyone, is climbing the charts. Would you please make welcome for a return appearance on our show, Lane Hardy. So, Lane, when you were here before, one of the things that, that I was so impressed with, I mean, you, you sing, you play the guitar, you're a songwriter. Is there one of those that you like better than the other? Well, I like playing guitar the most. Do you? Yes, sir. But you're a great singer and a wonderful songwriter. You do it all. You're disgusting is what you are. Yes, sir. Simple I, love, I love singing, too. But. You know, one of the things that all of us love, because the band, when we found out you were coming back, we were all excited about it. Because your songs are about the life in middle America, small town America, where you live in South or in Louisiana. And it just seems like it's easy to connect to your music. Is that intentional on your part? Well, I feel like um, if I hear a song on the radio or something and it, it mentions things that I've done in life or something, then I, could, I connect to it. So... So you're really a guy that you can go fishing, do a little hunting. Uh, you understand the outdoors. Goodness, you live in Louisiana. You probably have eaten some etouffee and boudin and crawfish and all sorts of good stuff, right? Yes, sir. That's all we eat down there. Well, it's all you need to eat. <laughs> My good. wife was born in Lake Charles, so she can make a great big old pot of gumbo, which is a, a wonderful gift. Is your favorite type of music, because you you have such a wonderful, eclectic mix. Country, classic rock. Is that something that you like to mix together? I mean, is it yes, just sir. how it all works out? 100%. I grew up listening to classic rock because my dad always played it on the radio. Yeah. But um, I also heard some, I heard, I heard Hank, I heard Waylon and Merrill, all them too, but I heard classic rock more. So you heard all the good guys, right? Yes, sir. Well, you are a good guy, and I want to tell you, it is very easy to get Lane Hardy's great music. All you got to do is go to Huckabee.tv. We have links so that you can purchase and also stream Lane's brand new album. 
It is a wonderful piece of music. And after the break, Lane is going to sing, I promise you don't want to miss it. And after you hear him, you're going to want to get his music. That's why you'll write that address down and uh, find out how to buy it or stream it. We'll be right back. Go to Huckabee.tv to watch an online exclusive performance by Lane Hardy with his title track, Here's to Anyone. And now, taking the stage with Trey Corley in the Music City Connection and with Mike on bass is Lane Hardy. But the real deal It's who we are It's what we do The way the good Lord made it It's in the blood Tires in the mud It's just the life that we're living It's tried and true Can't buy blue If you think you can You don't need We're born and raised We're custom made We're gonna stay authentic 